Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of the Potter's House in Virginia Beach. church with a worldwide vision for winning souls, making disciples, and planting churches. We're a Pentecostal church affiliated with the Christian Fellowship Ministries. We hope you enjoy today's sermon. Hebrews chapter 12, I heard a story about a, a woman who was climbing Mount Washington up in the PNW, the Pacific Northwest, and uh, if you were to climb that same mountain today you would find a marker very near the summit of Mount Washington. That marker that is very close to the top of the mountain, it marks the spot where in a moment of desperation, the fog was clouding her view. She was so exasperated and so uh, exhausted by her climb that she laid down for a nap The weather was unfavorable, and in that spot, she died. She was so close to the summit of Mount Washington that she could have thrown a stone and hit it. A hundred steps more, she would have reached a shelter that had been built at the top of that mountain. But she didn't know that. She couldn't see it because there was fog, because there was wind, because she was discouraged, She didn't know this, and she was disheartened by the storm around her. She was beaten down in her body, distressed in her spirit. She reached the end of her courage. And when she could not see, she laid down and died only 100 steps from her goal. I wonder tonight how many of God's people are so close to reaching the summit, the pinnacle of God's purpose for your life, only to give up when you can't see because of the storm, because of the weariness, because of the difficulty, because of the confusion, because of the attacks from hell, because of the darkness that, uh, that envelops us many times, the spiritual darkness, confusion, And many times, right there is not the moment to lay down and die. Right there is not the time to give up and quit. Right there is the time to pursue, because how many know you could be only 100 steps from reaching God's purpose for your life? I want to read this scripture tonight. This is a description from Hebrews chapter 12, this epistle written to the Jewish believers and, uh, and as he is writing, as the author of this letter writes to the Jews of their time, he is addressing a timeless issue that stretches across the generations and is helpful and useful for us here in 2020. This ancient book addresses problems that we are going to face on a daily, monthly, weekly, yearly basis. And I believe tonight that God would speak to someone here tonight, don't give up. How much of God's Word 
is directed at this idea, at this tone, at this message of don't give up. Do you know why, how much of the Bible is that message? You know why? Because we like to give up. In the time when things are difficult, in the time when we get weary, in the time when we're discouraged, we give up. And that's why so many times you're reading the Bible, it is an encouragement, just keep going. So here's that message from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 3 and 4. Follow along with me tonight. We'll get some keys to keep going. Think of all the hostility that he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. That's short enough. I want to read it one more time. Again, it says, think of all the hostility he, Jesus, endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you have not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. Let's pray tonight. Father, we come by the blood of Jesus. And once again, we thank you for your spirit, for your life. We thank you that you did not give up on us. Lord, that you were willing to go to the utmost. You were willing to climb the mountains to, to achieve salvation and forgiveness for our souls. Let us not grow weary tonight in well-doing, but God, to continue even in difficulty, confusion, and exhaustion. I'm praying tonight, God, for somebody that needs to hear this tonight, that, God, you would give them the strength to rise up on eagles' wings and to continue to do what's right. We give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. God's people would say, amen. Tonight, this is a message I've titled, Winning Over Weariness. I believe tonight... That, uh, that there's somebody here, and maybe that somebody is behind the pulpit, who needs to win over weariness. Because how many understand weariness is a real problem that we are going to face in, an, uh, in, a, uh, in a repetitive manner? It's not just uh, something that, uh, that we defeated 50 years ago, and now, God, thank you that I, I'm not, I don't get weary anymore. No, in fact, as time goes by, it seems to be a greater and greater problem, right? Because the problem of weariness is a problem of exhaustion. It's reaching the end of your own strength. And as you uh, age both in physical years and in spiritual years, you begin to lose strength. This is the mark of time that passes, and I'm not even speaking to, you know, uh, people who are over 40 or over 50 or over 60 or whatever you might be tonight, because the truth is that you could be 25 years old, and if you've been living for God for any amount of time, you'll figure out that sometimes it gets hard fighting the daily battle, fighting the flesh, fighting the strategies of hell. And even if you're 20 years old, you've got physical strength, spiritually, you can get tired. And so this verse, along with many others in the Bible, assumes something that we all know very well. And that is that we do grow weary. And in our weariness, we can become downcast. Now, I know that there are some people who tend to be effervescent. That there are some people who can generate 
a smile no matter what's happening. Uh, and I try to be one of those people, but, you know, even uh, if you uh, don't think that you are a candidate for weariness, then watch out, because the devil will target all of us by trying to make us tired. The reason that we get tired, the reason that we grow weary, is because we do battle, right? We do on a daily basis. We battle. We battle the flesh. We battle against sin and temptation. We battle against the strategies of hell. And how many know, the devil, he doesn't give up, does he? No, he's persistent. That He, uh, he doesn't uh, take a vacation in the work of trying to destroy your soul. We are also fighting against the world. We have the enemy of the world which is positioned against us. We are called to live in this wicked world where there is mentalities and worldviews that are positioned against us and, and what the Christian is called to do. And as time progresses, as our, uh, as our culture descends into depravity, it becomes more and more like we are fish swimming against the stream, right? It becomes more and more. And have you ever seen those documentaries where those fish are swimming up the stream to go to their spawning grounds? Uh, that looks exhausting to me, right? And in fact, uh, even if you watch those documentaries, whether, whether those fish are uh, the, the great uh, salmon in the great Pacific Northwest and they're swimming up their stream uh, to get to their spawning grounds, and, uh, and it's amazing to me that as soon as they get up to the top of the river and they do their business, and then what? They all die. Did you ever feel like that? Like, God, I've been swimming against the stream in my school, at my workplace. You know, wherever I go, it's, it's this pressure that I have to swim against and continue. And right there, it's so easy. Man, I just, I just stopped swimming. Just let whatever's going to happen, let it happen. It is when we are in those prolonged difficulties, prolonged trials, that even the strongest Christian can begin experiencing a spiritual darkness or a depression. It is a natural part of the ebb and flow of normal life. Just as it is normal. You know, I wish that I, my, my body could just continue to work and labor for 24 hours a day for seven days a week, right? Don't you wish that you didn't have to sleep? Don't you wish that you could just keep working through the night and your body wouldn't fail you and you could just, you know, uh, stay focused and you could, you could accomplish so much, man, if you just stayed out of the bed for those eight hours, a third of your life wasted on a mattress. Like, man... I wish I could do more with my life if I didn't have to sleep. But God programmed this into our, into our being, into how we were made, that, that part, a third, at least a third of our lives is spent recuperating and recovering physically and mentally and even spiritually. How many know you wake up, wake up after a good night's sleep, it's like, Man, you, you are renewed in your strength. But what I'm saying is, this is a daily reminder of a bigger truth. That just like we go through, uh, we go through periods of awake, asleep, awake, asleep, so also in our spiritual strength, 
There will be times that we're excited for God. There will be times where there's passion and vigor for the things of God. Where there's, you know, you, you just can't wait to get to church. And then there's other times where just putting a tie on is like pulling teeth. You know, where just cracking open the Bible, it's like a struggle, man. It used to be that, you know, every time that you open the you find yourself with revelation and passion. But how many knows there are, there are seasons of your Christianity that it's not like that. And you're going to have to fight through those seasons. I'm not saying just give up and sleep through the dark season. I'm saying that in those dark seasons, in those difficult times, you're going to have to learn how to keep going. This is a spiritual discipline. Because when you begin to examine the Word of God, you will notice very quickly that all the great heroes of the faith went through times of weariness, didn't they? Every single one, including the Son of God Himself, went through times of weariness. How about Moses? Moses, when the Bible says that you know, he, was, uh, he had delivered the people out into the wilderness, and he sat as a judge over the entire nation, right? Wouldn't that be terrible? I got enough of my own problems, and now I've got two million people that are following uh, they say, you know, between one and a half or two million people who are following him out in the desert. And, you know, when you have that many people in the same place, there's going to be problems, right? Uh, it's like, you know, I, I'm a pastor of this church and we've got 50, 60, maybe 70 people. And, you know, uh, I've got enough problems with 50 people. I can't imagine with Pastor Campbell, who's got a church of 500, 600. And by the way, he's got 100 churches out on the field, you know, that he's planted. How many problems does he deal with on a day? I don't even want to think about that. But here's Moses. He's, uh, he is the judge over a million and a half people. And the Bible says that he grew weary with the problems every day. People whining, complaining, bickering, fighting. That'll wear you out real quick, won't it? If you are in your house and there is whining and bickering and fighting in your house, That'll wear you out real quick, won't it? If there's whining and bickering and fighting in the house of God, that can get tiring. Moses, he got worn out. There are times we find that Elijah, right? Elijah found a a time of great weariness when he was facing a a challenge from from Jezebel. David, uh, we read about the times when he grew weary in the Psalms and Thank God that David had the outlet of his music ability, that he could write a psalm and sing a song that that would cause his heart to leap again. But, you know, those songs didn't come from nowhere. It came from a place of weariness, from fighting the daily battle, having to run and hide from King Saul constantly on the run, having to watch his tracks, having to keep his circle of friends very small. The disciples grew weary, and even Jesus, there were times when he grew weary of the crowds and had to climb the mountain to recharge his batteries, right? What I'm saying here tonight is that just because you're weary doesn't mean that you're backslidden. Now, it could be that you are backslidden. That's a different sermon, right? It could be that weariness has come as a result 
of sin. That is certainly a possibility, but not necessarily. I know good, godly people who are serving the Lord and doing right, and weariness comes as a result of still fighting the battle. So, a couple of points here. Number one, weariness can be prevented. You know, the reason that, uh, that uh, most insurance plans will offer uh, a, you know, a, uh, a dental visit once every six months included in the plan, you know what I'm saying? You don't have to make any extra copayment. Why is that? Because your insurance company understands that a little preventative maintenance will stop a lot of future problems, Right? You go to the dentist once every six months, you get a cleaning, you get a checkup, you get an x-ray, and they send you on your way. And just by doing that, you're going to save a whole lot of future problems. Am I right? The insurance company figured that out. Can I tell you, you need to do some preventative maintenance in your spiritual life also. Because what you can do is you can prevent weariness from happening in the future by keeping a few habits in your life. I would say one thing is don't do things that are unnecessarily difficult. Some people place on themselves a burden that God has not placed on you. Now, I know we want to be good disciples. We want, you know, there there is a time clicking. There is a clock that is coming down to the wire. Jesus is coming soon. And I'm right with you, man. I want my life to be effective for God. I want to do something with the time that I have. But here's what I've figured out, brothers and sisters. You can't do everything. Focus your heart on what God has put in front of you today. If you find yourself worried and, and uh, focused on things that are next week, next month, next year, it will bring weariness. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. In other words, that we should, be, we should live lives of obedience. It's when we get focused on other things, or impressing people, that we begin to find ourselves involved in unnecessary things. Second clue here to, to uh, prevent weariness is to stay connected. One of the problems that uh, people have, and especially now in the era of COVID-19, is that we, it's so easy for us to become disconnected, isolated. We become, uh, we become separated from one another. Can I tell you, you were designed for community. God designed us to exist within community. And whether your community is your family, your church, your nation, it is when those things begin to break apart that we begin to be weary. It is tiring to the soul to live in isolation. When you refuse to depend on others, refuse to talk to others, refuse to reach out for help to others, refuse to take an initiative and be friendly and maintain friendships, this will make you tired. I'm telling you, friendship. 
Friendship is a great resource in the kingdom. Sometimes just a conversation, a 10-minute phone call can refresh your soul. Proverbs 11, verse 25, listen to this. Whoever refreshes others will also be refreshed. This is why I'm talking about outreach on Saturday. We go out with the intention to win people to the Lord and witness and and tell our testimonies to others. And we think that we're going to go out there and improve somebody else's life. But how many times have I gone an outreach and probably not made a huge dent on the world, but I have been encouraged in my soul? He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. And the reason why some people are constantly bitter and weary and tired and falling asleep is because most likely we're not serving others the way God intended. A third way to keep ourselves from weariness is to have a short list with God. What do I mean by that? Practice confession and repentance on a daily basis. You need that. Say it. I need that. I need confession. I need repentance. I need to keep my list with God very short. Don't ever find yourself in a place where, you know, you, you've, you've realized that you've messed up and made mistakes, and for days, for weeks, for months at a time, you're not approaching God and asking Him for forgiveness. That will compute out to a weary soul. You know why? Because when you, are, uh, when you are in a place where you're not open with God, where you're carrying the weight and the extra burden of your sins, you know, this world's got enough burden on you. Just living life and being a parent and working a job, that's a burden by itself. And what people do is when we have unconfessed sin in our life, it's like putting a tire over your shoulder. And trying to live life with a spare tire, spiritually, you're carrying around additional weight. And isn't this exactly what the Apostle Paul said? Is He said, run this race with endurance and cast aside every weight and burden which so easily ensnares us. This is the picture of people who do not repent. Acts 3, verse 19, listen to what... Paul, or Peter preached in that sermon on the day of Pentecost. He said, repent and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and times of refreshing. Everybody say refreshing. Ooh, doesn't that sound good? Times of refreshing may come from the Lord. See, you'll know this if you've ever truly repented, if you've ever confessed your sins to the Lord at an altar. This is why. When I go to church services where I am not preaching, I find myself at the altar. I make it a point, even if God didn't specifically speak to something in my life, I want to be at the altar. I get worried about people who never go to the altar. I get worried about people who can come to church service after church service and hear sermon after sermon and still sit there and say, "Uh, uh, God didn't speak to me. That worries me. I want to be at the altar. Why? Because I need to confess my sins. I need to repent and keep a short list with God. Because when I get up from that altar, I experience times of refreshing with the Lord. It is refreshing 
to experience His grace, His mercy, His forgiveness. One of the things that we do when we get weary is we go numb. Have you ever gone numb? Just, you know, uh, we go into our empty box in our mind. Just, uh, I just don't want to think about nothing. This is why people distract themselves with entertainment, with video games. Pastor Tony Chase hit it pretty hard, didn't he, about the video games. But this is why many people lose themselves in the video games is because it is a way for us to escape and not deal with the real issues. What we should really be doing when we're tired, when we're weary, is not escapism. We should seek God's presence. Listen to what David said in Psalm 23, verse 3. It says that he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. I want to tell you, our scripture says that we can be found weary. Listen again to verse 4. After all, you've not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. This is the big struggle of our lives, isn't it? The struggle against sin. And this is what can cause us to be weary. If you don't want to be weary tonight, you've got to stay close to God. So here's, from our scripture, we have some some keys. And then we're going to close. The first word of verse 3 is the word think. Everybody say think. The word in the Greek is analogizomai. Same word where uh, to think, it's to think over, analogize. It's the, the, the core of that word is logic, right? Our logical side of the brain. The reason that we get tired and weary is because we are resting in the feelings or in the emotional side of our lives. Right When you are an emotional creature and living by the whim of every feeling that passes through your brain or through your heart, you know, this generation says, well, I feel like, every sentence is like, well, you know, I just feel that, you know, I get concerned when people only speak about what you're feeling and not what you're thinking. God doesn't really care about what you're feeling. God is really, uh, you know, you'll find peace in, in thinking over things. And not just feeling things. Feelings. How many know emotions come and go like waves on the beach? You can feel a thousand emotions in a span of ten minutes. But the real question is, what do you think? In your mind, in your heart, when you think, when you think and ponder on some things, when you consider, when you analogize, this is what causes us to have greater understanding. See, weariness is emotional. Being tired is emotional. You know how I know that? Because you can overcome it. Most of the time, the, the weariness that we're facing is not physical weariness. It's not that our bodies are tired. You're getting enough sleep. You know, most of the time, it's not, it's not a physical condition. It is a spiritual thing, isn't it? That you can get eight or nine hours of sleep and still wake up and say, man, I just don't, I don't, I'm not feeling it, man. You know what I'm talking about? So the, the, the answer that our scripture gives is not, well, just feel better. The answer is, you better think about some things. Activate your thinker. Activate that part of you, the logical side of your brain, because this is the part of you that causes you to wake up and go to work in the morning, isn't it? 
If you live by your feelings, you just sleep all day and get uh, evicted from your house. But the logical side of your brain says, I can't do that. I have to pay my rent. I have to pay my mortgage. And that means I have to get up at 6 o'clock and take a shower and smell better and go to work. Right? That's the logic side of your brain. You've thought this through. And so you're living according to the logical thoughts. See, this is also the way that we can escape from weariness. What is it that we can ponder and think about that will solve weariness? Oh, the Scripture gives us something powerful to think upon tonight. Are you ready for this? Look again at our chapter 12, verse 2. Rewind it, one verse here. Keeping our eyes on Jesus. I'm reading from the New Living Translation here. The champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated on the place of honor beside God's throne. You know what this, uh, the author of Hebrews is doing here? He's trying to redirect your attention. So many people are focused on the problems of today, the problems of COVID, the, the problems of uh, difficulties of 2020 that we lose our focus on where it should be. The, 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 the writer of Hebrews, his, his uh, antidote for weariness is to keep our eyes upon Jesus. What should we be thinking about? What should we be considering? Again, verse 4, uh, 3 rather, think of all the hostility that he endured. You remember that Jesus is the creator of all things, right? You remember that He is the author and the finisher of our faith. That He is not just some mere mortal man. That Jesus, if He wanted to, He could shoot lightning bolts out of His eye sockets. But He didn't do that. He endured the cross. He allowed these puny human beings to put nails in His hands and His feet. The God who is in charge of angel armies and at any moment could have called them down to rescue him from that cross, but he didn't. Think about that next time you start complaining. (laughs) It brings things into perspective, doesn't it? Think about that when you are cursing under your breath because of a traffic jam, right? Think about that when your children are giving you heartburn and saying, God, and you get frustrated and weary and uh, upset and bitter. And then in your mind, you should think, Jesus went to the cross and endured the shame and he didn't quit. See, what that does is it changes our perspective. It changes how we see things. The hostility that he endured from sinful people. Consider this. When you do, it will help you to get past your weariness. Finally tonight, there is a secret weapon against weariness. And that is the Word of God. The Word of God. I can almost guarantee if you're weary and tired tonight, somewhere along the way, you forgot about this. Or you haven't taken it seriously enough. You've depended on the preacher to give you enough of God's Word. You've hoped that the notification from the Bible app would give you enough. 
The reason why a baby would not grow is if it was not getting enough milk, right? If it was starving. And the reason why a Christian is growing weary, it's not God's fault. He has given us everything that we need. He has given us meat and potatoes right here. But we get lost on memes and stories. You know what I'm saying? We get lost on YouTube black hole fantasies. And for hours at a time watching kitten videos. When the eternal word of God sits on our shelf. right? We get lost on, uh, on sports teams. I'm not saying that, you know, following your team is evil. But I'm saying that when you know the roster of your team more than you know the 66 words, uh, books of the Bible. <clears throat> Am I still preaching? Did I lose you? You, you know every uh, name that's on the back of every jersey. You know the positions they play. But you couldn't find the book of Ezekiel. There's a problem, right? See, because the Word of God has what you need. When you have a habit of drinking the milk, the pure milk of the Word of God, it will help you to have greater strength. Let me just give you a few scriptures and we're going to close. Galatians 6, 9. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. There are times when God has prepared the perfect word for your soul, prepackaged wrapped up with a bow and your name on it. And that, that scripture has been there for thousands of years. But when you open that book and you read it for yourself and the rhema, the, the, the word of God jumps off of the page and touches your heart. Have you, have you ever experienced that? He can cause us to not lose heart. Isaiah 40. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint. He does not grow weary. And he gives power to the weak. To those who have no might, he increases strength. How many need that tonight? When the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail, those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Jesus said in Matthew 11, verse 28, Come to me, all you. By the way, Jesus is called what? The Word made flesh. In the beginning was the Word. Who's that? Jesus, the Word. When you read this, you are fellowshipping with Jesus. So when He says, come to me, that's not just come to a painting of me on the wall. When he says, come to me, he is saying, crack this thing open. Join me at the table. I'm going to teach you a few things. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Ever felt like that? And I will give you rest. My yoke is easy. and My burden is light. This is our, uh, what the scripture says as we close. He says, after all, you might feel weary, you might have some problems, right? This life will bring offenses and trouble. But our scripture says in verse 4, you have not yet given your life in your struggle against sin. As bad as you think it might be, guess what? You're not a martyr 
<laughs> right? They're not dragging you behind vehicles like they do in the Middle East. They're not crucifying you today, are they? Right? The, the troubles that we're facing, it's not to say that our troubles are nothing. They're not nothing. They're something. But the troubles that we are facing are certainly, let's just say, it could be worse. There are people today in, on December 9th, 2020, that today they're, they're being tortured. Their teeth and their fingernails are being pulled out. And they're being forced to renounce their faith in Jesus. Right now, that's happening. There are people who, uh, their, their, their daughters and their sons are being stolen and being sold into slavery because they are Christians. That's happening today in some parts of the world. And when we think about the struggles of, that others have gone through, and even Jesus himself, I pray tonight that this will shake you out of weariness and say, you know what, Lord, I can rest in you and I can be renewed in my spirit. Amen. I pray there be some people here tonight that they will mount up with wings like eagles and have strength for another day. Let's bow our heads tonight and close our eyes. We thank you again for listening. Do you want to receive updates from our church in your inbox? Make sure to sign up at our website, vbph.org. If this message has been a blessing to you, would you consider supporting our ministry with a generous donation? Please visit our website at vbph.org and scroll down to find the Give button at the bottom of the page. We would be so grateful for your support. Until next time, love God and love people. Oh,